Hello, birders. Welcome to Bird Facts with Kristen and Maeve. I'm Kristen, bird watcher extraordinaire. And I'm Maeve, bird knowledge novice. And in this podcast, Kristen tells me facts about a bird and I listen and ask questions. We're learning along with you on this bird journey. And before we get into the bird, Kristen, mm. I need to tell you some exciting news. Oh, yeah. So uh, listeners don't know this, but you know this. I took a road trip from Michigan to Massachusetts recently. Mm-hmm. And along the way, bad storm, <gasps> lots of snow, hail, da da da. So we ended up getting stuck in Cleveland, which was fine because um, my partner's friends live in Cleveland. And so we were hanging out and I found out that um, these friends love birds and oh. are actually like bird watchers, they're birders. And for a secret Santa gift, one of the friends got this pair of nice binoculars but she already had a pair that was similar and so she was like do you know anyone who would want these binoculars because I have you know a similar pair and I don't know and so she ended up giving them to me and it was so exciting because I don't have a pair with me in Massachusetts and it just felt like a beautiful moment and now I will no longer need to go to the library to check them out I have my own I'm keeping them in my cars so I can watch birds whenever I want that's amazing you know what Maeve we'll have to go birding together sometime especially now that the weather's getting warmer and the migratory birds will be coming through because Mm -hmm. we did have a request from somebody to maybe record ourselves birding for a fun <gasps> kind of bonus episode of the podcast. So. Oh my gosh, that would be really fun. That would be kind of like ASMR meditation. Yeah. <laughs> and now we see a chickadee. <laughs> yeah. Except we'd probably be screaming with joy and excitement. <laughs> <because> <laughs> That's true. We got really excited the last time we met. Oh, and I also actually have an announcement myself is when I was editing the last episode, mm-hmm. I noticed that in my efforts to sound more fun and less like a stiff robot I got a little bit <laughs> overexcited about the bird last week and just talked over Maeve like 17 times <laughs> I didn't notice that I was able to use the magic of editing to make myself sound less <laughs> like overbearing so I'm, I apologize Maeve for interrupting oh. and talking over you no, and I, I will be a better listener going forward well birds are exciting yeah. So no problem here. Okay. Kristen is is an editor pro, editing pro. Yes, we can make anything <laughs> magic happen with the <laughs> editing software. <sighs> okay, should we get on to the bird? Yes. Okay, so what bird are we talking about today, Kristen? So today we are talking about the resplendent quetzal. Love that name top tier one of the best that we've had so far it's love it's amazing <laughs> innovative groundbreaking never been done um and why did we choose this bird so i learned about this bird i'm taking a class uh called birds religion and mythology and we learned about this bird in that class and i was just really taken by it and thought it would be fun to kind of dive in and learn a little bit more about it mm-hmm. amazing we should have a class just or a class we should have an episode just about that class maybe when you're wrapping up I was going to say later when we get to the fun facts uh mm-hmm. because of the short length of our episodes there's not enough space to get into all the mythology around this bird so I was going to mm-hmm. propose doing a bonus episode where we have mm-hmm. a guest I have someone in mind to ask 
to help us kind of go into more detail on the mythology and just focus on more of its uh, everyday bird life in this episode. That that would be great. I would love that. Okay. So do you know the scientific name of this bird? Yeah. So this is one of the more difficult ones we've encountered for (laughs) pronunciation and I'm going to do my best. Feramacris Mocino. And Feramacris refers to the physical characteristics of the bird. It's Greek mantle or a pharos is the first part of the word meaning mantle and macros mm. meaning long in ancient Greek. So long mm. mantle. And we'll see, we'll see where that comes from later when we get into the description of the bird. Okay. And speaking of that, can you show me a picture? So yes, that I, I can... have some queued up for you here. Oh, ah! oh my gosh. So here's the <gasps> male from the back. Beautiful. He looks like he's at the Met Fashion Gala. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a big, gorgeous, flowy gown. Um, yeah. So this bird is known for its beauty. The males mm-hmm. have an iridescent green color kind of all over with a red mm-hmm. belly. You can kind of see the black underwings and wing tips. Yeah. And there's some white accents around the tail feathers that you can kind of mm-hmm. see in this photo. But let me, here's one where the male's in flight. <gasps> Oh my gosh, Where that you can beautiful see the red, red and the white accents. And his tail is so long, like mm-hmm. those tail feathers. Yeah, and those only yeah. come in the breeding season. But when you look oh, up okay. these birds, the vast majority of the pictures have these in them because they're just mm. so gorgeous. And then here's a female feeding the young. Mm. So you can <laughs> see the females are about the same size, but they're not quite as vibrant. Right. And they're never going to have that long flowy feathers at the at the end of their butt I love that the male at least in this breeding season picture it looks like he has really spiky hair yes that is something that they they accentuate during mating season to help attract the the females Uh and then these tail feathers are some of the longest in the bird world I think they might even be as long as peacocks if not longer they can be up to three feet in length Uh, the bird itself is about 15 to 16 inches long uh, so then mm-hmm. when it's got the tail feathers, it's almost as long as four feet. And do you have any calls that you can play? Do you hear it? I do. Yeah, I, I'm seeing on the page, it sounds like a whimpering pup. I think that's right. Oh, yeah, it does. That's a good. Do you know when the bird makes that sound? I this bird I think it's the problem I've been having when we look at birds that are outside of the United States is there aren't oh. as many resources available online with as much detailed information because the mm-hmm. Cornell Bird Lab doesn't really cover them as much so mm-hmm. I didn't really find much information at all about their calls and I found a couple recordings and they were all mm-hmm. that same sound so I we'd have to oh, ask somebody okay. about that but I imagine there there are different noises for the situation as we've learned or as I've learned you know, a warning call versus kind of normal bird conversation. Mm-hmm. Or the mating yeah. call or the territory call. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It also might also be a fact of it's in a very unique habitat in not very many parts of the world. So that mm-hmm. might also account for the less mm-hmm. recordings available. Mm-hmm. And where does this bird live? So the resplendent Quetzal lives in Central America. And it ranges from Southern Mexico through Guatemala Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica. 
mm-hmm. south through a little bit of western Panama. They live mm-hmm. in montane forest, also known as cloud forest. And I looked that up and it's a type of rainforest found in parts of Central and South America and then a few other places. They exist at around a thousand foot elevation with heavy rainfall. And then there's outside of my knowledge, but there's these complex weather patterns associated with mountains that make this specific kind of forest be full of condensation a lot, which is why at the mm-hmm. they're always sort of a little cloud layer right at the top of the canopy. Mm-hmm. And then these have smaller trees that are less dense and less diverse than other types of rainforests. But these are the mm-hmm. only places that you'll find the resplendent capsule. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard of a cloud rainforest. It's a new new term yeah. for me. And what is this bird like? So this is a bird, it's from the Trogon family, which is known for fruit-loving birds, and mm-hmm. especially fruits from the avocado family. Same. Yeah, I also love avocados. Although I've never had one fresh off the tree. I've only had ones that have mm-hmm. traveled up here from the south. So yeah. these birds probably know avocados better than we do. <laughs> so these avocados that they eat, though, are, are smaller. And they, they, so they usually eat the fruit whole and then spit up the seed or pit, mm-hmm. which helps plant reproduction. So some people call them mm. the guard, gardener birds. And they also will supplement their diet with insects, small frogs, snails, and lizards. Mm. And these birds will pluck fruits while hovering or they'll swoop out from a hidden mm. perch to snatch prey. They often hover while picking fruit. Uh, when they're not in the mating season, they're typically loner birds. You'll see them mm. alone. But during mating season, they're very monogamous and spend all mm. their time together. See, and then that picture I showed you before, mm-hmm. you can see the female mm. is feeding the young one of those little avocado yeah. fruit things. Oh, cute. So it doesn't look like the baby is in a traditional nest, at least how we think of it, um, right. where we often see birds. It's like what what Kristen's showing me is kind of a hole inside this really narrow tree and the bird is inside the hole. Yes, actually that takes me right into my next segment of bird love. (laughs) Bird love. So as I said before, the males grow these really exceptionally long and beautiful flowy tail feathers and they use those as a flight display to entice females. So they'll fly up to the canopy and then fly down to show off how the feathers flow behind him sort of like a princess mm-hmm. i like yeah. that that met ball met gown yeah met ball gown it's hard to speak met ball gown you description you made earlier it's a very good yeah. description uh it kind of makes me think of a drag queen floating down through the rainforest yeah, to show off a little bit yeah her feathers and then once the mating pairs choose uh, each other they are very monogamous. They choose a nesting site together and they actually participate in everything together from this point for raising the young. They will find a hole in a tree, usually a rotting tree, and expand it. And the female will lay the eggs directly onto the wood so they don't make a nest at all. And she usually lays two eggs. And then the parents take each take turns incubating. And the male can actually fit his entire tail feathers into the hole and it sort of sticks out the top behind him and it looks like there's ferns and things in the nest (laughs) oh it's so cute it almost looks like it's coming off his head but it's actually just kind of wrapped around (laughs) wow and that's so interesting that both sexes incubate Mm -hmm. the bird the baby bird's Mm -hmm. eggs yeah 
but then after breeding season mating season is over then they yes, go their separate I, ways it, or... I didn't find anything saying okay. directly that that was the case but it would be my educated guess or inference that they separate and mm-hmm. find a new mate that they stay monogamous right. with the following year and then the okay. males don't start growing mm. those long tail feathers until they're about three years old. Hmm. How long do they live? Oh, do you know? Question. I don't know if. You Always know. my bird question. According to this website, three to 10 oh, years. Oh, three to 10 yeah. years. That's yeah. a huge range. They <laughs> are uh, actually getting into, if you're ready to get into the fun facts, or do you have any questions before we move oh, on to the I'm fun ready. facts? No, I'm I'm sad. So I guess this isn't really a a fun fact, but this bird has been listed as near threatened and it's on the watch list for the United States North American Bird Conservation Initiative as a species of high conservation concern. Mm. They're sometimes hunted for food or Mm. captured to be sold as pets because they're so beautiful, but their greatest threat is really habitat loss. Mm. So we're got to watch out for these guys. They're in danger. One of my favorite fun facts is that this is the national bird of Guatemala, and it is featured on the flag of Guatemala, the Guatemalan coat of arms, and is also the name of the country's currency. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Quetzal. And then I could uh, get into the mythology just a little bit. So the resplendent Quetzal is associated sure. with the Aztec god Quetzalcoatl. And then I did some research and... I wasn't sure exactly the pronunciation because some websites or videos will say Quetzalcoatl and some say Quetzalcoatl. I'm going to go with Quetzalcoatl. And then some background on this, uh, like I said before, it's a really complex history that, you know, really warrants its own episode. So hopefully we can do a separate episode and dive into this a bit Mm -hmm. further. Uh, But the Quetzalcoatl is a god that is a feathered serpent. And Quetzalcoatl comes mm-hmm. from the Nahuatl language, and it's a combination of the word for either Quetzal feather, resplendent feather, beautiful feather, and the word for snake. And then I have some pictures to show mm-hmm. you what this deity would have looked like mm-hmm. in some kind of artist renderings. Wow. You can see it has the green from the Quetzal feathers. Yeah. And then there also is... Kind of looks it like does, a dragon yeah. a little bit. So here's too. a picture of him wrapped around yeah. the temple Mm, and then there also is a huge temple called the temple of the feathered serpent that has these it's very large and has these feathered Mm. serpents kind of wrapped around the whole thing the feathers were also used in different kinds of ceremonies so here's a reproduction of what they think was used as a headdress that was used in ceremony and if you can just imagine how many different individual birds these feathers would have been taken from yeah it's huge like and it's so it almost looks kind of ombre. It's going from like green to blue, blue to green, and then um, underneath it, um, like where the headdress would sit on the head, there's um, like a lot of different designs. It's yeah, really and I was reading somewhere about like certain bird feathers, like greens and blues, aren't technically actually that color, but there's some really interesting physics behind mm. the light interacting with the particles in the feathers that mm. reflects green. I, it was beyond my physics what? understanding. So I'll have to find some more like dumb it down science videos for everyday the everyday person so I can explain <laughs> it more detail at a future time. And that's then, fascinating. Yeah, I'd love or if someone if a listener knows more about light waves and physics. 
and yes, bird feathers. We need to get know. so many experts on the show. Yeah. And then I have a video to show you. So <gasps> people have discovered Ooh. that if you stand outside of certain Aztec temples and you clap like this, the sound that comes back at you if you stand in the mm -hmm. right spot sounds exactly like the Quetzalbird call. Mm -hmm. This this is a simple echo, actually. It's very simple to explain. When you clap in front of a pyramid, I mean of a, of a slope, the sound will go to, to the top. And if it's there a, a cavity or a temple, like in this case, the echo will come back to you. If you clap in front of an Egyptian pyramid, nothing happens. But here, wow. the sound comes back. imagine just the architectural brilliance of being able to mimic that sound like I don't even know how I could go about doing that because it's not there by chance yeah you know? it wouldn't have even occurred to me as an idea to be honest so amazing and then my last fun fact is that ancient Aztec rulers often bore numerous names sometimes those of gods so there were several different rulers mm -hmm. that went by the name Quetzalcoatl but one of the most famous narratives mm -hmm. Uh, was center of an extensive series of narratives that you can actually go online and read. And he claimed that his eventual return as Quetzalcoatl before disappearing. But there's this really interesting story of where he was wounded in battle and a Quetzalbird flew down and landed on his body and dipped itself in his blood. And that's why it has that red belly. <gasps> mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. love it. So dramatic. Those are all my... Those were really incredible facts. Yeah. Do you have any questions or comments, concerns about the Quetzalbird? I don't think so. Concerns? <laughs> um, no, but I'm interested in doing a mythology episode. There's a lot more to explore from this. Oh, well, thank you, Kristen. Do we have any announcements, anything we'd like to share? I think we took care of our announcements at the beginning this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's true binoculars and yeah. editing pro um and what are we doing for the next episode our birds in the news segment for next week birds in the news mm -hmm. stay tuned well thank you Kristen, for all of your work thank you savannah for the artwork thank you everyone for listening if you want to follow us on social media our instagram is at birdfactspod and our email is birdfactspod at gmail.com feel free to contact us there if you want to ask us a question or if you have an interest or special interest in birds want to connect beyond the pods just a bird just let us know bye i'm Kristen, and i'm mave happy, happy birding, birding.